The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Chiefs are back on the practice field on Wednesday, and we heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as well as defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, and running back Daryl Williams. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from Dave Tobe and Daryl Williams. Here's Eric Bieniemy. All right. Good afternoon. Hope all is well with everyone. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to say prayers to the people out there in. Uh, the Boulder, Colorado area, I um, I know that's been a tough deal with all the losses that have taken place, and I hope at some point in time um, that they can find peace. But uh, with that said, I'm all ears. Start first with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, uh, kind of a tale of two halves for the offense on Sunday. You guys had four straight touchdown drives and then sputtered a little bit in the, the second half. Pat has mentioned – uh, the challenge right now for the offense being just putting a, a consistent game together. Uh, how do you go about just kind of stressing that to the team? And, and how do you foresee that kind of playing out as you enter this last game and into the playoffs? Well, you keep stressing fundamentals. We want to make sure that our guys understand the little things that it takes to help us to be the best team that we can possibly be. Uh, at times we're clicking and doing certain things and at times we're not. So we got to go back always to ground zero. And that's the purpose of why we practice. We stressed that yesterday, and that was a big vocal point as well today. Fundamentals and just making sure we're detailing all the details. Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Bueller. Uh, <laughs> all right, Darren, we'll come back to you. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, going back to the, the third and five, um, they're under final possession before, you know, Cincinnati brings the blitz, and, and Mahomes mentioned that, you know, he was looking for, for DeMarcus on that play. Um, what were you kind of spec- expecting from the Bengals in that situation? And, and how, what kind of freedom does Patrick have as, as a spot like that when it comes to either, you know, audibles or hot reads in the, in the position there? Well, you know, we were expecting cover zero. They did a good job with their defense, but obviously we just got to make the play. We didn't make the play. Credit to Cincinnati. They did a heck of a job. I'm not going to take anything away. And uh, what we're doing at the line of scrimmage is exactly what we're asking the quarterback to do. Obviously, we thought we had an opportunity to make a play. Uh, We didn't make the play. They did. So at the end of the day, our guys just got to make sure that we're doing all of the little things necessary for us to be at our best at all times. So we didn't get the job done. 
So that is a value, a very valuable life lesson throughout this journey. And the thing about it, just like I said early in the year when we were going through our struggles, if we handle it the right way, it's going to pay big dividends all for us as we continue moving forward. Let's go next to Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Happy New Year. Hope you're well, man. Uh, happy New Year's to you as well. Hey, um, Daryl Williams, obviously in the middle of a career year, um, and you've had him now. This is his fourth season. Two questions here for you. Has he done anything, or how much has he done so far this year that, that has surprised you or may not have surprised you? And then I'll have another one for you. Uh, well, first and foremost, Daryl has always been a consistent football player. You know, Daryl is always one of those guys who's going to do it the right way. He's going to do it exactly how you want it done. And he doesn't take anything for granted. Now, I thought Daryl played his best game as a professional this past weekend. And I was very proud of him. But just like I was proud of him, you know, he's also disappointed that we didn't find a way to, 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 to win the game. So, now we just got to continue to grow with him. I think the kid is, is, has shown that he belongs in this league and that he can be a productive player. So we're counting on him moving forward. Obviously, we got some other guys that are doing some good things. And, you know, we just want to make sure that that group is as strong as we need it to be moving forward. In your opinion, what is his ceiling? Because uh, you know, right now he's a complimentary role to CEH. But uh, what is his ceiling? You know what? I, I, don't, I don't have that answer. I think the sky is the limit for him. You know, I think Daryl can be as good as he wants to be. And I think that he has a lot of football left in him. So I think over time, he's just going to continue to grow. And I think that he's just going to continue to improve throughout his entire career. But the thing I love about him, the kid is a humble, hardworking kid that just wants to find a way to help us to be successful. That's the thing I respect and love about him. Last two, we'll go Seren and then Nate. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Brad, I'll have a, a follow-up. Uh, Coach, I know um, and I'm asking in generalities because obviously the game didn't end with with the offense out on the field. So, look, I know as fans, everybody sits back and, you know, they played Madden or they watched a game last week and we've got it all figured out clock management wise. And there's a lot more going on when you got to call a play, you got to get it in. So I, I, I want to preface this by saying I understand there's a lot going on. Right. And there's a lot of people on that headset. What is oh, yeah. the uh, process as far as input of ideas to whoever it is, whether it's Steve making the defensive calls or you and Andy making the offensive calls, how, how does the pecking order work on who can just pop in and say, hey, I got an idea. Let's do this or that. You know what? We, we have a, a great line of open communication on our headsets. Obviously, with the head coach being a head coach, he always has 51 percent of the vote. So <laughs> there's times where we just going to sit there and have a conversation in between series. Hey, fellas, what do we like? And we'll sit there and jot down ideas. Hey, this would be good versus this particular coverage. So there's always an open line of communication. And then as we get into that, se that series, now we already have everything figured out. And if there's something that, hey, you know what? They did something different. What do we like in this particular situation? You know, we might ask and someone may give us an answer. Or, hey, this is what we like. Let's keep it moving. But there's an open line. And we pride ourselves on over-communicating with clarity. So... It hasn't been any issues, and we continue moving forward. We just got to make sure that our guys are being at their best when their best is needed. And I know you only get 17-plus playoff games, whatever playoff games you get as far as game situations. And when you're as successful as your team has been, a lot of times you don't have end-of-the-game stuff that's going on. So how do you guys work on what's the, 
process of getting repetitions of handling end game situations? Is it something you do every week? Is it a bi-week thing? Is it something that's concentrated in the off season? How does that process work? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's all the above. There's always a contingency plan. I mean, we work on that stuff every week. Okay. There's always open discussions about it on, uh, on Friday. We always practice certain scenarios that we put our players through. So they're tested and making sure that they're prepared mentally as well as physically to handle those particular situations. And there's also a number of things that we do on the Saturday, but our guys are always locked in to those in the game type situations that that way now it ain't by chance that guys have come in and made the particular play that we're expecting them to make. It's because they've rehearsed it. All right. They've learned to make second effort a habit because we practice it. We've seen it on tape. We've rehearsed it a number of times throughout the entire uh, year. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric, I have two questions. The first is, how do you see, uh, in terms of their relationship, Clyde and Daryl helping one another? Uh, Daryl for Clyde and then Clyde for Daryl. And then uh, Brad will have a second question. You know what, Nate? I think that's a trick question because the LSU Tigers, obviously they both were, were recruited. So no telling what went on in that recruiting process, but <laughs> I'm joking about that. <laughs> but those guys are great friends. They're both from the booth. You know, one's from Baton Rouge, one is from New Orleans. So they have a lot in common. And those guys have a great working relationship. And they're always talking. They're always spending time together. And the thing that I love about not just them, but that whole entire room, those guys coach each other and they help each other through certain situations. And so it's a unique relationship that they have. And then if you knew their coach, Greg Lewis, who was a special individual, uh, <laughs> I use that term loosely, but <laughs> Greg's doing a hell of a job, but they do a great job together. I love what they do. I love what they bring to the table and they just add a different spice because of the, the relationship that they've had with the LSU ties. Um, and Eric, for my second question, you mentioned fundamentals earlier. Um, I'm just wondering from your perspective, when it comes to Patrick, uh, before the ball leaves his hand, where do you think he's improved the most fundamentally or, or um, in his thought process before obviously releasing the football? You know what? Just making sure he's taking what is given. I think he's done a great job with that. And I think if you just look at the back's numbers as receptions that have shown you that, hey, you know what? He's conscious of what's taking place in the back end. Now he's finding his outlets. Now those guys can catch. They're doing a better job of being in position for him to throw it. Now they're there. He's gaining their, uh, they're gaining his trust. And now those guys get vertical after the catch. Uh, so that's something I think that he's processing because he's seeing all the different things that's taking place in the back end and how teams are defending us. All right. Uh, listen, we're, it's, um, NFL Thursday on a Wednesday, uh, we're knee deep into the next opponent. Uh, it was nice to get, we got a little fresh air out there today. So trying to put the last one behind us and, uh, move on. So with that, I'll open it up. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve, um, can you go through your thinking on that third and 27, what, what you guys were trying to accomplish there and, 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 uh, what you might do differently had you had that one back? Yeah, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, right, Adam? Um, right. That's always the case. The thinking was we were addressing that play as a third and six because uh, that was about the, at the 41-yard line, and any additional yardage there is going to make it a field goal for them. It's a tie ball game. Don't want to give up a field goal. So the idea was to get an incomplete pass. 
and again, hindsight's 2020, but um, I think all the guys are comfortable with the, trying to get them to punt the football on fourth and 27. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go, Pete. Coach, one thing you've kind of said over the years since you've been here is just limiting uh, explosive plays. Is, yeah. is there a, a solace in the sense that, you know, you know, this is kind of a reminder before uh, you guys will be playing some pretty good, big games. You just can't let that type of day happen with some of these guys. A really good point. Um, <laughs> we don't want it to happen, but the context that you, you just put it in is probably a good one. Um, and some, if that means that we're not going to make any from here till the, till we're done playing, then I'm okay with it. But it was, it was hard to see and take. We hadn't, that had not bit us for a long time. Um, and our guys had done a nice job, but I'll give credit to Cincinnati. Uh, they got a, some explosive passes there and it helped them win the football game. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve, in terms of that, I just wonder what that experience will do for your secondary, given uh, that you guys may face them down the road and obviously whoever the opponent is in the postseason. But what is your process and, and your conversation right now with your secondary, uh, given that they were one of the reasons you guys were on an eight game week uh, before Sunday? Yeah, um, look, at I think the guys we got back there, obviously led by Tyron, um, take a lot of pride in what happens back there. I mean, it's tough duty being an NFL defensive back at has to function as one unit. It didn't operate quite as good this past game, but I, listen, I, I, I trust these guys. They'll, I, I can see it in the last two practices that we've had. They take a lot of pride in that. They're going to, they're determined to fix it. And hopefully in this next game, which is on us really quick, you know, we're able to do that. But um, I listen, we're all hoping that uh, mistakes are not repeated. So any mistake that was made, if we, if we fix that, that's good going forward. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sam. Um, when you look at the last two months, obviously you guys have played really well as a defense and then notwithstanding on Sunday. So I'm wondering when, when you coach the guys, obviously you're, you're trying to correct what went wrong, um, but how much are you coaching just the mentality to remind these guys of what they've accomplished over the past two months? I mean, and how much do you focus on Sunday's game because of that? Yeah, well, listen, I, Coach Reed said in the locker room at the end of the game, I mean, it didn't go well, we didn't play well, let's learn from it. And that's what we all try to do in this in this game, in this league. And if you don't do that, you'll end up going backwards. Um, listen, our guys just put their head down, go on to the next game, win, lose, or draw on the past one. That's what kind of what this league is all about. When you get to Wednesday in the NFL, what has happened in the previous game gets put to bed, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. And I think our guys have been pretty good at that. Um, we certainly want to bounce back here and have a good game. The next is Sarin Petro. Go ahead, And Brad, I'll, I'll have a follow-up. Um, Steve, can you take us through? There's, there's been a lot of questions, but I, I think it's still quite vague, frankly, uh, as to what the, you know, the, the conversation was and the plan was about whether or not to let Cincinnati score. Um, it's, I know it's, it's new world thinking, right? And so there isn't a big 50-year history of how to do it. But can you take us through just what first, my first question is what the overall philosophy is on when you do that? Well, listen, I, I know Andy has addressed this already. I, I really just kind of want to stand on his comments. I mean, I just know from my standpoint defensively, you know, we're trying not to let somebody score. I mean, that's what we're focused on. Uh, but I think Andy's addressed it and I'm going to kind of let, you know, rest on his um, comments that he made on it. All right. Then in a general term, 
is there a time and a place, time in the week or time in uh, the off season where you take a look and say, okay, you have the video crew cut up and here's a million game situations. Let's talk through this guys and how we do yeah. it. Is that a weekly occurrence? Is that a bi-week occurrence? Is that a preseason occurrence? How does that work? Oh, no. I mean, it's definitely done in the off season. And I think you, you I, I, I would tell you this, it's, it's, ongoing always um i don't know i mean we have a list of all the situations that we've been in before i i get a chance every once in a while to take a peek at it or you know mike fraser you guys know is here and he does a great job with the situation he'll come up with something that's happened in a game uh let's say one of the games that was played this sunday and he might walk in and say this happened here's the thinking we go through it a little bit so it's ongoing um, that wasn't a unique situation. Um, it just worked out the way the way it did. We've got two more. We'll go Harold and then Matt. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Steve. When you're in the middle of the game and, you know, secondary players have to have that short memory and kind of move on to the next play, but especially with the way the, the referees are dealing with, and this could be a thing that goes forward, you know, in playoffs, you don't know what referee crew you're going to get. Everybody calls things differently, it seems. Yeah. How do you try to change that in the middle of the game and make sure their mentality stays straight? Because that it seemed like to some of those guys, it can't affect them going forward if they know they're not getting things that they may not have got the week before or week prior. Yeah, I mean, you're saying everything that I'm going to repeat. I mean, you got to have a short memory and move on. I mean, we play the way we play. I mean, we are we have techniques a certain way. I really, I really thought the two guys out there battled their butts off. I mean, that was a really good player that they went against. He made some plays. It's a really good quarterback. I'm going to give them all kinds of credit. I would not want our guys to change in terms of their aggressiveness. I mean, there's little technique things looking for the ball and, you know, and trying to get it broke up and all those other things. And they'll, and they'll do that. But those guys got a lot of pride. Uh, I don't see us changing much. I mean, hopefully we uh, don't have the last tug or the, or the hand doesn't get the face mask, all those little things, targets and press that we work on. We'll continue to work on and hopefully it'll be a lot better. We'll last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, hey, Coach, um, Hitch told us yesterday about how he felt that um, the coaching staff had done a good job of kind of managing everybody's health during the second half of the season to keep guys fresh. Uh, has there been a different approach that you've taken this year, you know, with the 17-game schedule and now knowing that you're, you know, might need to have played 21 games to get where you're going? Anything that you've done differently to kind of keep guys fresh and healthy? Well, I mean, that's a better question for Coach Reed, obviously, because he, he calls the shots on that. But I, I do think – that Andy does a terrific job of being in tune to what the guys need or don't need when he feels like he should push or back off. I think he manages that as good as anybody. And I, I think the players, I think what Hitch is probably saying to you is that, you know, coach Reed has a good beat on that. And if, if the players feel healthy at this standpoint going into game 17, I think that's probably a, a credit to what the head coach is doing with um, practices and how we're, going about things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You just heard from Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo. Now we'll finish things up with Dave Tobe and Daryl Williams. Coach, despite the touchdown being called back, what can Byron kind of take away from, from breaking through on that play? Uh, great. He had great effort. I mean, his, he hit that thing so fast. Uh, you know, we, we do the, uh, you know, the GPS deal, you know, where we check and see how fast he, he his top speed on that play was 21.43 miles per hour. So uh, I think it was like our second fastest play of the game uh, of player of the year. So uh, I was happy the way he hit it and he came through there strong and I just felt bad for him when it got called back. It's, it's a shame. It was, it was such a great effort by a, a lot of players on the field. Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Two questions for you, Dave. Um, just what did you see on tape? Was the issue there on that kickoff return with, uh, with Zan Anderson? And then secondly, uh, getting uh, Bucker back, getting Tommy Townsend back, how did that operation go and look for you, um, obviously, with them returning from the COVID list? Uh, first of all, with the, the kicker and punter, I, I thought they came back. They did a great job. They came back and they, they worked hard during the week. And then they, uh, you know, they performed well in the game. They, they made everything that they needed to make, you know, as far as field goals and, and the kicks. Uh, the punts were good. We had, we had three punts. One of them wasn't so good, but two of them were really good, uh, you know, on a day where it was, wasn't, wasn't too bad of a weather day. So uh, it worked out. Uh, you know, I'm just glad to have those guys back. They'll, they'll be even better this week. As far as the, the call, I, I, I see what the officials saw. You know, you can see it from the end zone. Uh, Zane was getting overpowered, and he, he actually was holding on to the guy, and it, and it appeared that he pulled the guy on top of him. I see what they saw. Uh, it was at the point of attack. Um, I've, I've also seen that call not being called. So, uh, you know, it could have went either way. It went against us and that, you know, it was just a shame that it went against us because I really believe if we would have scored right there before the half, I think it would have kind of shut the door on them a little bit, but, uh, it actually gave them life, you know, and, uh, you know, we had, we just have to get one this week. That's, you know, that's the way we look at it. Uh, you know, we got a lot of football still in front of us and I think there's more plays out there for us. Go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Um, Brad, I'll have have a follow-up. Coach, uh, I know, you know, you're the special teams coordinator, but you're also the assistant head coach, and I know you do a lot more than just the special teams. I don't know what, right? That's kind of kept secret. Uh, But I I know there's a lot lot more that goes into your job. I'm just curious, are you – is there a role that you play as far as the in-game clock management and and maybe being the guy, you know, the angel on a shoulder reminding – Anybody about different things that are going on? What happens during the game is every, you know, the offensive staff and the defensive staff are on the headphones. I, if you notice, I don't wear headphones. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have direct, uh, you know, communication with those guys one way or the other. Uh, I, I stay on top of it because special teams obviously is so important in, in the end game, you know, situations. And so I know, you know, what's going on, you know, play, you know, play in and play out. So, uh, but as far as telling them, you know, what, what, what they should do, what they should not do, I do not. I'm not involved in that. And then just can you speak to how difficult situation football is to, to prep a team during the course of the year? I, I know you're, I mean, your whole corner of the world is, is, is that, right? Yes, yes. And, and 
I'm old enough to remember the days when we could stand on the sidelines. And I actually heard the things you guys were saying to the players and kind of how that all worked and, and some of the nuances that were there and how difficult it is. Like, Hey, these guys got one, you know, one time it got mentioned how this thing works and it's, you know, 14 weeks later, and now they're supposed to remember this thing. Is is that the, the most difficult thing to, to, to get a team ready for across the board, all phases of the game, because you, there's only so many reps and so much time. And so you, the, the reality is as much as we, as fans want every situation to be perfectly, you know, precise down to the second, it, it's impossible to practice everything enough to be really good at everything. It is. It's, it's impossible to practice it. You never know what's going to come up. Uh, the main thing is that you keep educating your players, you know, at practice, uh, you also look at other teams' mistakes. You look at uh, things that happen to other teams. You show them what would we do here, you know. So they, uh, you know, if the if it does situation does come up, like on special teams, you never know what's going to happen. It's the same thing at the end of game situation. So you have to just count on the fact that you uh, educated your players enough that that they, uh, you know, they perform well under pressure and they and they perform, uh, you know, with the right. Um, situations that you've talked about or practiced, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And then you got to make a decision. There's a lot of different ways you can go as a coach. You know, you could, you know, you could be aggressive, you could be conservative, you could, you could, you could sit back and, and uh, you know, so you just have to, you know, every game is different. The weather is different. I mean, it, you, you never know what you're going to get. And, you know, it's a tough job. That's why we get paid. I mean, that's why we get paid to do what we do and to make those tough decisions. And, and then sometimes it goes for you. Sometimes it goes against you. And, you know, you just have to, uh, you know, hopefully that, you know, you have more things go for you in the end of the day. So, uh, you know, it's a tough deal. We'll go last to Matt Derrick. Good, Matt. Hey coach. Happy new year. Good to see you, man. Happy new year. Um, hey, we all, we know special teams guys are usually unsung and, and don't get a lot of credit. Um, I think statistically, I think Marcus and Armani have the most special teams tackles for you guys. Uh, but who has who's been kind of the unsung heroes for you this year? And uh, who's, who's kind of at the top of your leaderboard with those special teams points this, right now? Uh, I, Marcus Kemp is up there. I know that, uh, you know, Bucker, he's always up there because he has so many opportunities to score in our system. Uh, he, he'll always be the top point guy, but uh, we, they, the players kind of throw him out because it's really about the cover guys and the black guys. Um, let me see other guys that are up there. Um, some of the young players have done a good job. Uh, you know, guy, I, I tell you, guys like, you know, I, the guys that r- really come off the practice squad that really did a good, you know, Zane Anderson, uh, you know, has really done a good job for us. Uh, uh, Boodles of the world, uh, Josh Jackson. I mean, those guys that, that came off, uh, without a lot of practices and, and come in the games and, and and played at a high level for us. I mean, those guys, they deserve, deserve a lot of credit. Unsung heroes, as you, as you, you know, you're kind of, so to speak. So those, those are those guys that, that pop up in my mind. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Take care, guys. Hey, y'all. This is a little All different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little weird, I know. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Darrell, Coach Bianami mentioned that Sunday might have been your um, best game as a pro. Uh, is there anything that you can maybe point to that that you felt like you had some additional comfort or, or some kind of extra juice uh, on Sunday? No, I think um, the main thing was, you know, I went in uh, confident. Um, and just when I when I saw the hole, I was just I was just hitting it. And, um, 
you know, leaving nothing behind, just trying to do whatever I could do to help this team win. Back to Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Darrell, I know you're, you will do it to help the team, but right now you're 37 yards away from your first ever career 1,000-yard season, total yards. What would that mean to you if you hit that uh, Saturday against the Broncos? Oh, uh, that would mean a lot. Um, you know, I came a long way from being undrafted and, um, you know, having to wait my turn. And, you know, when, like I said, my my opportunity came, you know, I, I had to seize the moment. And, um, you know, just being patient and just staying consistent, you know, it's never, it's never easy having to wait and having to wait for your turn. And then, you know, then when you finally get your opportunity, you just got to make the most of it. But it will mean a lot to me. And even just sharing that moment with my teammates and the guys, some of the guys that came in with, uh, even Clyde, my brother, you know what I'm saying? We just, you know, both of us came from a, from the struggle, came from a, a long way. And then, you know, I get to share that moment with all those guys in the locker room. It, it's going to be something special to me. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Daryl, thanks for doing this with us. I, I know you mentioned Clyde just a few minutes ago. Just uh, what's it been like for you to sort of teach him about the offense uh, going into year two? And what do you think uh, he is maybe – you know, taught you, uh, obviously going back to LSU and obviously the success you've had this year? You know, like I said, we we both had a, a long, long journey. Um, our paths was different, but, um, you know, we, we, we're here in this thing together. And, uh, you know, we teach each other good things off and on the field, what is, you know what I'm saying, communication-wise on the field, uh, communication-wise off the field. You know, and just just helping each other be a better man for each other, uh, whether it's with family, with friends, or uh, anything, and just always just being there for each other. Go next to Todd Lebo. Go, Todd. Hey, Daryl. We haven't been in the locker room for a couple of years now because of the COVID protocols and all that, and got a really good feeling a couple of years ago how close and tight this team was as you guys were making that run to win the Super Bowl. What's this last week been like for y'all coming off that two-month stretch where you hadn't lost? And now you, you lost, and now you maybe don't control your destiny. What's the locker room been like as far as trying to come together and, and you know, rally the troops before you go into the playoffs? Uh, the locker room's the same. Um, you know, we all we all click tight. We all close together. And uh, I don't think nobody is, is separated from each other. And, um, you know, I think that's what makes great teams, when everybody is together and everybody can work together and, you know, share that unity with, with each other and uh, – you know, it it brings back, you know, people going to Super Bowl or making that run in the playoff, everybody being tight and clicked together. Uh, you know, I think it's going to show in the long run. Looks like we've got two more. We'll go Herbie again and then back to Pete. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Daryl, this is kind of like off the football field type question. Obviously, uh, you, Clyde, Tyron Matthew, a bunch of LSU guys in there, Byron Pringle, a K-State guy. Did y'all have any kind of internal bet amongst each other? And did y'all watch the game last night together? Nah, nah, we didn't. Uh, I was actually supposed to go by Byron last night and watch the game, but I didn't. But, uh, you know, we had, we had a little struggle. Uh, you know, we had our receiver, one of our receiver playing quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, I just like how them guys came together as a team and they fought for each other. No matter, no matter what it was, no matter what the situation was, uh, they was all in together and, you know, they was willing to put whatever they had to do on the line for the team. And I'm, I'm proud of those guys. Well, last to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Daryl. Patrick has cited that one of his challenges this year that he had to overcome was just being a little bit more methodical, and that involves checkdowns and the running backs just 
What do you uh, and your group have to do to maybe gain that trust a, a little bit more from him uh, on a week-to-week basis? And have you seen him get a little bit more comfortable with trusting you guys as these weeks have gone on? Uh, just staying consistent. Uh, just keep doing what we're doing, um, catching the ball, running our routes, uh, and just being available for Pat. And, um, you know, as we we keep doing it each and every week, we're getting better and better at it. And, uh, you know, Pat, uh know he could rely on us whenever nothing there deep. Uh, you know, he could always check it down to us. And, you know, we're going we gonna to be there whenever he needs us. And, you know, we're going to do whatever we need to help this team win. Daryl, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you all.